Warning! This podcast contains themes of a sexual nature and some coarse language. What you are about to hear may shock, surprise and titillate. Be advised that today's episode covers the following topics that some listeners may find triggering. Pregnancy and abortion, alcohol abuse, emotional abuse, rape and sexual assault. You're about to dive into an almanac of arousal, a bible of bedroom biology, a chronicle of carnal knowledge, a dictionary of desire, an encyclopedia Okay, of... okay, that's enough. Opening the dictionary in three, two, one. Boop! So welcome to our podcast. Um, and in this first section, what Jacinta and I are going to do is uh, we've got five minutes to uh, read out some stories that start with the letter A or revolve around the letter A. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've prepared uh, several of them. And the idea is to get through as many as possible in the next five minutes. Um, and then when we get towards the end, there'll be a bit of music for tension. And uh, <laughs> then you'll hear an aruga sound. And um, if we haven't finished our stories by then, well, I'm sorry, but you won't get to hear the end of whatever it is that we're talking about. That's it. Simple as. Simple as that. So we uh, better be quick. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, uh, Jacinta, uh, it's yours to start. Okay. Well, A is for asphyxiation, the erotic go. kind. Yeah. Erotic asphyxiation. All right. So um, I uh, I was I was outside a club and I was really bored and uh, and this this guy came up to me and um, he thought it was a bit annoying at first but actually we ended up making out and while we were kissing he put his hand on my neck and it was the first time anybody had ever done that and it was like the erotic sensation like heightened by 100 wow and um it was great wow amazing yeah oh my god i mean that's a dangerous thing to do though isn't it like oh yeah he probably shouldn't have, he shouldn't have done that he should have checked that i was into that <laughs> but, but it, it felt great cool. well, <laughs> okay. good Good. Good for outcome. Me. Good for outcome. Me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, so my A is for alcohol. Um, so I met, once met up with a guy um, and uh, we got really, really drunk with him. And um, uh, we had about like two bottles of wine, possibly each. I don't even remember. Um, it was a lot. Okay. And um, we've, we finally decided to go have sex. Um, and uh, it was up in, we were in my house, back in my bedroom. And um, we were both really, really tired. So uh, basically what happened is that our eyes were like closing. And like, I think I was on top of him. And I just remember like nestling down gradually like just like losing my couldn't support myself anymore you know like muscles relaxing like oh. gradually um it's like a car crash um anyway um we both woke up the next morning and like apologizing to each other as if like oh. i think both of us had obviously fallen asleep it was just me um i do remember like both of us were really exhausted and both of us were like kind of wanting to do it yeah. but like yeah we didn't try again unfortunately oh. i know i mean i did once fall asleep giving a hand job so i do sort of <laughs> Okay, no, that's later. Another story. Okay. Um, a is for armed forces. Um, I was um, working at the Olympics actually in 2012 so there were lots of army guys there and I made friends with some of them oh, friends I thought so and um, and mm. I went drinking with them in Kingston and uh, I, I don't remember like anything I was like blackout drunk and uh, the next thing I do remember is waking up in an ambulance at 6am in Hounslow which is really near where the army barracks was and uh, and then I went into work and all the soldiers were like ignoring me and they wouldn't talk to me and eventually one of them told me I'd had sex with one of their regiment and on a grass verge and uh yeah don't remember any of it still to this day my god that's really awful yeah it is really awful uh i i I, we don't have time Time, to get into it Um, (laughs) uh, a is for areola um so that's it's for those people who don't know and the areola is the pigmented uh, kind of pinky bit around the nipple if you're white or possibly different color if you're not white um 
uh, anyway, I've got really large ones, um, and most men tend to comment on them because they're larger than normal. Um, but then a lot of them don't like want to go there after that. They won't go anywhere near them, and it's kind of like, do, do, are they are they ugly? Are you, are you saying that they're big because you don't because that you find them strange, or you know what? Anyway, why would you say anything? I don't know. Well, I have big areolas too, and I can confidently uh... say that, that <laughs> they are fucking sexy. Yay! So. Big areola club. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. A is for auction. Um, I once went to an auction with my ex boyfriend, and we were like walking around it, and um, I knocked over an exhibit, which was a bicycle, and um, I picked it up again. No one saw it. it was totally fine, but he was really really upset by it. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, what, 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 what auction was this? It is the out of the ordinary exhibition. Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a slice of the Queen's wedding cake. <laughs> That's and a, amazing. Yeah, a little tiny Venus de Milo. Anyway, look, no, yeah. no time. No, sorry, no time. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, okay, so um, A is for abandonment. Um, I just, I'm just. This is not really a story. Just, I'm not very good at breaking up with people. Um, and what I tend to do is um, act aloof and distant until um, you know they leave me, um, and then I'm really shocked. Basically, I become like a bored teenage boy. <laughs> You know, like what's the the comedy like? Where there's like, is that Kevin or something? The teenager, you know, that from mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. '90s comedy thing. Anyway, that's what how I go. Yeah, I've definitely, definitely get that. Yeah, this is very relatable. Right, A is for abortion. I had an abortion, <laughs> and my, ah. like, and, and my uh, my partner was super, super um, lovely and great and supportive, and um, and it was a very um, not traumatic experience. And um, I just thought this is how all abortions should be, and it sucks that they're not. Yeah. Oh God. Totally. Legalize yeah. Abortion I mean, they should all be. Yeah. Yes. I mean, oh, so much. Like, pro-choice shouldn't even be an option. It's just a thing. Right. Um. Anyway, so A. So my story. A is for autofellatio. Um. Which I really want to say in an auto, in an Italian accent, but I'm not going to. Um. <laughs> autofellatio. <laughs> Sorry. When when I was 17, um, I once heard that um, like there were stars, you know, like Michael Jackson could do it. Um, and um, they they could um have their rib, they had their ribs removed apparently, so they could suck them. Uh, um, so they could suck themselves off. And um, so basically, um, the next time I was alone, um, I I kind of took my clothes off and everything, and I I was like on my bed, and I I tried to like in, use the wall to help me like push my back in, like at a right angle. Um, anyway, I tried to anyway managed to get the um the, just the tip, um, as they say in my mouth. Um, and I had a really sore back. For the next two days, so I, I just didn't try again. But I, I did. I did get a little bit. You did, and I am so impressed by that. <laughs> and now the world knows. Hooray. Exactly. Well done. Yay. We did it. We I've did never it. done that. I've never managed to do that. <laughs> what surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of An A to Z of Sex with Men, where I, Jacinta, and I, Raphael, explore the intricacies of all types of sexual interactions with those people we call collectively cisgendered males, based on personal experience and extensive research. From anal sex to zipless fucks, we've got it covered, we think. Anal sex is any type of sexual activity that involves the anal area, or bottom. This includes penetrating the anus with a penis, penetrating the anus with fingers or sex toys, such as vibrators, and oral sex, which is stimulating the anus using the mouth or tongue, also known as rimming. Now, that verbatim definition was written by the incredible, fabulous organisation otherwise known as the NHS. And I really don't think the author considered those words would ever be read aloud on a podcast. (laughs) But anyway, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the letter A, and today A is for anal. 
I should say at this point that if you weren't expecting to hear that, you've probably tuned into the wrong podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've got young ones, fair warning, that was your last bastion of hope before we start swearing a lot. Uh, Right, so uh, I reckon we're both going to have some pretty good stories about that. Yeah. So what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the word anal? So the very first word I think of is actually intimate. Right, okay. Yeah, so I think that um, my only um, experiences of anal sex have been with my partner of the now. Of the now. (laughs) My partner partner, partner, (laughs) who I am with. And every time it's been so intimate, it's been an, a very trusting, very raw, very vulnerable. It, the, the first time, so the first time we had it was um, just after I'd met his uh, parents for the very first time. Partly it was this sort of thing of him being like, I trust you and our relationship enough to introduce you to my family mm. and kind of bring you into my wider life. Mm. And so it almost felt quite symbolic to then be like, you've shown you trust me this much. So now I trust you enough to put your penis in my anus. Yes. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was just such it was actually like like I, I had never done it before and, and I'd never wanted to and I would be very scared of it mm. um or the concept of it and very embarrassed by the concept of it. And it was just such a bonding experience. Mm. So yeah, and that's my my experiences with anal sex have always been very positive and um very close and very intimate. It's, it's interesting that you say that you were embarrassed by the concept of it because as a gay man, it's our only mm-hmm. penetrative form of sex. Whereas, obviously, heterosexual sex, you have vaginal and anal. Yeah. So, for my people, I mean, that's it. Yeah. So, we're already stigmatised by Mm -hmm. being gay. So, the people kind of assume that anal sex is part of the package. It's not, by the way. Because of that assumption, it's 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 not really an additional stigma. It's just... It's all part and package of the I mean, stigma. Yes, I say that. I mean, to some, for some gay men, they won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, no problem. But yeah. um, I'm just talking in broader terms about perhaps feeling embarrassed about it. I don't think that's quite the same for a gay man as it is for a straight woman. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I personally, I find it really difficult to talk about poo. <laughs> Or to acknowledge that I do poo. You're, you're going to love my story. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, or farting. Like, mm. it took me so long to be able to fart in front of my boyfriend. Mm. Um, because I just don't want to admit something I do to anybody. Yeah. Um, Are you the kind of person that would be in a, in a room full of people and blame it on the chair and kind of look down? I would definitely just immediately walk away from the place where it happened. <laughs> And then, because you know there's a they who smelt it, smelt yes, it. Yes, I would never, course. ever, ever acknowledge that there's a smell. Because first of all, if it was me, I wouldn't want everyone to accuse me. And second yeah. of all, if it wasn't me, I wouldn't want to put someone through yeah. that no. through that embarrassment. Exactly. Yeah. I think this pro- there probably is something to do with um, women are expected to be elegant and beautiful and graceful. And poo and anuses doesn't, or like pooey anuses, mm. <laughs> doesn't really come into that stereotype. Yeah. And I think I've always been quite caught up in trying to be feminine. So just the idea of anuses and poo and penetrating anuses just really scared me because it was like that would question the way I presented myself, even so to like femininity. an intimate partner. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think like since having anal sex with my partner, like I've come through that a lot. 
and I don't feel it in the same way at all. Yeah. But I think I needed to be in that incredibly trusting space to be able to do it. Yeah. It's funny when you said the word intimate, my brain went to the kind of need for extra permission mm. and, and consent to go there, which I think is part of what you were talking about with that kind of additional trust. Yeah. Um, and then also when you referred to the kind of poo element, mm-hmm. I sort of was realising about um, as humans, we're very averse to, to sharing any kind of excretion. Yeah. Uh, and I'm using scientific words uh, now, but I mean, in, I'm just throw everything into the same bucket because mm-hmm. frankly, you know, urine, I mean, these are all things that, are, that have been sexualized to a degree and there are fetishes around them. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but in the animal world, these aren't really issues. I mean, obviously you wouldn't see rabbits being concerned or or anything, any animal. I'm going to rabbits because they're particularly fecund and do it however many times a a day, I suppose, (laughs) because they they produce tons of offspring. It's it's animalistic, isn't it? The anal sex. It's very wild. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing, like actually all my kind of early sexual education was really watching porn. Mm. And when everything I saw was very sanitized so obviously there's you know there's a lot of like close-ups of penetrative sex but it's still like everyone is very clean no one has any hair that's just not a thing that enters into it so the idea of having bodily fluids and something that wasn't just like your perfect clean body was really challenging to overcome well, porn, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about porn in great depth at some point. Probably mm. the letter P. <laughs> Probably P. Probably. <laughs> um, it's very problematic using more P words because no one is that perfect. And even things like body hair, you know, there's not a hair out of place on these people. Yeah. Um, very occasionally you see someone with a spot. Maybe they've got like a, a spot on a, on, on a bum or, or a back. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but that stands out. Yeah. And that shouldn't stand out. Because that's exactly. normal. That's perfectly all right. It's someone's immune system fighting off a surface infection on the skin. <laughs> yeah. How boring. It's not, it's not gonna, you're not going to get something from it. Certainly yeah. not by watching it. <laughs> yeah. So why is that such a, a turn off? It's, mm-hmm. it's strange. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, don't want to, I don't want to delve too deep into that. No, absolutely. And I am interested to know what your word was that you of first course. thought of. Word or phrase that came to mind. So my, my word with anal was uh, pain. Painful. Okay. And I think that comes from, I mean, most experiences, um, and you use the word raw mm-hmm. in your description of mm-hmm. anal sex earlier, which is quite, the, the word raw when it comes to sex is always very erotic. It's very emotive of free, heightened orgasms and, you know, that last for seven minutes and, you know, you, you do it 85 times in a single hour somehow. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, that's raw. Um, whereas to me, um, I think of the word raw in this context as being, you know, it's sore. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of guys try to get away without, um, certainly raw in the gay world, and mm-hmm. I think it does in, probably in the straight world too, I, I wouldn't know, honestly, um, means without a condom. And, and it also to me means, um, you know, being left a bit raw actually because yeah. a lot of guys not if they don't use a condom even if they do may not have lube so mm-hmm. and they might just rely on spit or whatever your ass is able to produce which by the way is not much it's a bit of mucus um yeah. it's a mucus membrane so it can be end up being quite painful mm-hmm. and you walk away thinking well that was not 
as comfortable as I would like to. But mm. there are times when it really does work, and um, I feel I do feel very sorry for a lot of straight guys who haven't experienced anal sex because mm-hmm. men have a, a prostate gland which when properly stimulated can really really intensify an orgasm yeah and it's it's all we've got fellas i mean <laughs> women have <laughs> orgasms that last on average twice as long if not more and they have way more variety of orgasms i have been reading um... <laughs> <laughs> not from personal experience no no, no this is not from my own experience unfortunately um but as men, we have one, perhaps two, if you want to count the prostate one as a separate type of orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still working on my hands-free, uh, <laughs> but I've not yet achieved that. Apparently it's possible. But there you go. I, I think straight men are missing a trick on that. Well, do you know, that's interesting, um, because... So I've never um, been with a man sexually who has um, intimated in any way that he would want to try anal penetration for mm. him. Okay, so then this is another issue like first of all the the kind of overcoming my fear of having my own anus penetrated but then actually the idea of doing it to someone else scares mm. me as well because that's someone else's poo that you have to, <laughs> have to factor <laughs> have into to the deal equation with. exactly <laughs> but it is something that i sometimes feel like i would like to do for someone because mm. like you say that's obviously like a, a really sensitive area for a man and lots of great pleasure from it yeah. and i do think sometimes Oh my god! I'm like I can be penetrated everywhere, and it's great. And wh- why am I getting all the penetration fun? Yeah. Like why why shouldn't you be able to get some as well? <laughs> definitely. I, I know. Um, it definitely very much depends on my mood and how aroused I am, and what state of arousal I'm in. Whether I want to or can or can handle mm. um, anal penetration. And uh, this is the thing. I was like, I've actually never used lube. Um, mm. Which I'm not saying is a good thing. I think lube is, is universally agreed to be a really good thing and to improve sexual experiences. I just, it's just been one of my, I don't know, hang-ups. Oh, I don't know how to introduce it into mm. the situation. But I've always um, relied entirely on my own vaginal lubrication to help with anal penetration. Okay. And that's usually okay. But obviously, sometimes I might be turned on, but just not super wet. So in that mm. situation, yes, lube is good. It's <laughs> mm, a really interesting point. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right. Um, how turned on I am mm-hmm. is really important to whether how much I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah. Certainly when I've had one night stands and they've been, you know, the, there's nothing except, you know, bend over and put it in. I mean... Who's going to enjoy that? You're going to enjoy that and not me. And that's actually quite strange. Yeah. Because we're both, we're meeting up so that both of us can have mm-hmm. some pleasure, not just you. Yeah. And that's another kind of thing about a lot of, a lot of men being very selfish with, mm-hmm. with what they, they think they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another conversation again. I think, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely mm-hmm. get into that later on the, down right. the line. I'm going to tell you my poo story. Yes, please tell me your poo story. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Oh, dear. Right. So, gosh, this was a good many years ago. <laughs> um, just to distance myself sufficiently many from the situation. Because I need to. Um, just to just to highlight, I have been with my husband uh, for over, over six and a half years. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, I know. That's amazing. I've just moved to London at this point. Um, anyway, I had managed to get myself a very rare occurrence uh, of a double date on one day. Um, 
And the first guy lived, I think he's lived, I think he lived in southeast London somewhere. And I met him in his apartment and he was, um, he was in his 40s, I think. And I was in my early 20s, it would have been. So there was a significant age gap and he was quite into the kind of daddy idea. Um, and he would say, you know, if you need anything, you know, you, need, I, you can rely on me and that kind of thing. I never, obviously never took him up on it. Maybe I should have done. <laughs> Got a few boots and coats. Um, and hats out of it, I don't know. Um, so this, I met him at about, must have been around two or three in the afternoon. And we met and we had, he was into spanking. So he he did like playing with the whole butt region, generally. Mm -hmm. And then he, we, we got around to eventually him fucking me. And then he sort of collapsed on top of me. And I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he used a condom which is a start. Let's really highlight that as something that is unfortunately, and I have to say, something that is not used enough <laughs> without speaking. I should not have to, as the bottom in most situations, yeah. um, I, I have topped on occasion, mostly I'm the bottom. In most situations, um, the guy who is the top does not volunteer a condom or won't suggest it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but it's your fucking responsibility, guys. I mean, yeah. you need to be there saying, I've got a condom. I'm going to put a condom on. Yeah. It's not the bottom's responsibility to, to say that because they are at risk. Yeah. And you are the one putting them at risk um, because the, the statistics are, are weighted against bottoms, not mm -hmm. against tops. And I, you have a much yeah. lower chance of catching STIs as a top than you do as a bottom. I could not agree more. Thanks. Um, so anyway, um, he came the first time and then he kind of collapsed on top of me and I was, it was, he was he's a big guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, um, I, need to, I, need to, I need to move. He was like, do you not want me to get my second wind? I think was his exact words. Um, and I was like, sure, yeah, okay. And so he, he fucked me again without, oh without leaving the first time, if you like, without departing the runway. <gasps> and uh, so he came second time and then pulled out and suddenly, somehow, it was six o'clock. Uh, which, by the way, was about half an hour before my date, second date, was supposed oh, to begin. Shit. Um, in Soho and I was in southeast London and those of you that know the geography of London will know that it takes more than half an hour to get from southeast London into Soho so um, I was running around I didn't have time I had just about enough time to throw some water on me from his shower um, and quickly put my pull my jeans on and run out the door and he was sort of trying to meanwhile uh, convince me to stay in hindsight perhaps I should have done and certainly use the toilet slash bathroom sorry Americans uh, beforehand Anyway, I got to the, I got on the tube and a few stops away from Soho and I realised, as they say in French, a sort of uh, a besoin pressant, I think is the word. I need to use the loo. Um, <laughs> and I arrived and I was, I was let's say, say this, to start with, I was 15 minutes late. And my second day was in, so, was in Soho, it was, it was in the ice bar. Ice bar, ice yeah, ice the bar. ice bar, yeah. Yeah, which is, at the time, I certainly don't know how it runs now, and it certainly doesn't run at the moment, because um, we were in lockdown, <laughs> but um, when it did run, you, you would get 45 minute slots, because it's quite cold, partly, um, and you shouldn't be in there for that long, um, and also they want to make a lot of money out of you, and make you buy tickets to go in, and then make you buy expensive drinks and so on. All fine, that's capitalism. Um, the, fortunately for me, the guy that had invited me on this date had, had obtained these tickets. I think he got, he won them in, on some work, uh, thing or, or, or through his, um, university. 
he was doing some PhD in um, in some sort of physics based subject um, area. Obviously, he wasn't that impressed with me. I told him I was running late. Um, he 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 was like, oh, "That's fine. Oh, you're here, you've made it." And I I um, and this woman who uh, was um, greeting people as they came in and um, thrusts a sort of coat in, in my direction and says, it's all right, don't worry, calm down, it's fine, um, come this way. And I'm like, before I take this off you, I need to use the loo. I'm really sorry, can I use the loo? And she, um, she sort of looks stunned that I need to use the loo before I go down after being 15 minutes late for a 45 minute time <laughs> slot. Um, and anyway, she shows me where the, the bathrooms are and I go, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> And then I spend the next 10 minutes in the bathroom releasing all of the, the, the gas that has been pushed <laughs> up inside me um, from having some rather forceful penetration. So I, I, I emerged from the bathroom having, and I, obviously, yes, it took a while and I wanted to make sure I was okay before I went on this a very unfortunate date. Um, which now was going to last less than half an hour. Um, and there's a big red clock telling you exactly how long you have left the entire time, uh, which was embarrassing. And of course, he, poor guy, he never knew. And if he ever figures out who I was, um, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, what I will say about him and about the date, um, and I don't know whether it was the fact that he was possibly mad at me for making him miss half of the show. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But if not, we did not have much to talk about, and I should have stayed in South East London with the guy who'd um, I'd been having rather a nice time with. But but that's my my horrible poo story. Um, I, I was in the bathroom for ten minutes uh, at my second date, having just having needed to eject rather a lot of <laughs> matter. <laughs> Very embarrassing. But it's happened to us all, right? No, she's shaking her head. I love that story. <laughs> I was quite extreme, but the thing of actually, I, I know, feeling um, duty bound to leave quite a nice situation to go into another situation that is impractical yeah. and actually don't end up enjoying. Mm. And I think I've definitely done that. I've left like a date or a kind of romantic situation just because I was like, oh, I promised to do this other thing or I meant to see this other person. And actually, I know it's not great cancelling on people, but maybe it's better to do that than to force ourselves into going and not having a nice time. Like, Well, I, well, I think there was the pressure because, of course, I didn't know... I mean, there's always the potential of anything could happen on a date and it could yeah. have, he could have been the guy of my dreams for all I knew at that mm-hmm. time. And I, I did ask him. I did sort of say, you know... I think when, when, I, when I knew I was double-booked for the day, mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe this is a bit tight, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> um, certainly wasn't by the end of the day. Um, <laughs> um, so... Yep. <laughs> edit that out. Um, <laughs> um, so um, I should. I, I did actually say to him, you know, can can you rebook this for another time? I really want to uh, mm-hmm. go with you, but I, it's, I'm a bit booked that earlier in the day, so it mm-hmm. might be a bit a bit tight. Turn around, and he said, no, um, the tickets are worth a lot of money, and um, I've got no one else to go with, and I'm I need to go on this day. So it had to be then, and then I felt quite pressured into going. Mm. And it sounds a little bit like he emotionally blackmailed you into going. Probably. I think. And of course, <laughs> when, when we were actually there, it wasn't, we weren't having a good time because I think he knew that I probably, possibly was giving off an impression that I hadn't made the most effort to be there as early as I could have been. And of course, showing up and then needing to use the bathroom, I mean, what on earth was I doing beforehand to not 
<laughs> you and I know now, um, and the rest of the world who's listening. Could have had um, food poisoning. I don't know. <laughs> just done. <laughs> <laughs> done. Um, exactly. Um, but I, I also the conversation. I mean, we were both quite bored by each other. Mm-hmm. I feel, and possibly I was just spending most of the time feeling quite relieved that I was no longer backed up. I mean. That yeah, that's just yeah. just a, a sense of no longer being in quite so much uh, discomfort. Yeah, um, that's totally being worried valid. about some sort of explosive event. So that was that was good. But anyway, that's my story, and let's draw a line under that. Think <laughs> about it again. Excellent. Um, what's your story? Okay, well, um, okay, so I want to talk a bit about. Is it called rimming? Yeah, it is called rimming. It is where you, where where you lick lick the anus. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, I've only ever had, you know, penetrative anal sex with my current partner, but I sort of have had a tension in that area before. And, okay, the very first time was, okay, I was going through a phase of my life where, it's about 2012, I was very horny all the time and I didn't have any sexual friends in my Mm. life at Mm. the time. Mm. And there was this one night that I went onto this website called um, No Strings Attached, or no strings attached dating or something. Mm-hmm. And I made an account and I was chatting to these guys and it was kind of satisfying my need a bit because it was like, you know, sexy talk. But then one of them was like, oh, I live close by, should we meet up? And I was like, when? And he was like, now. And I was like, okay. Um, which was so stupid. But we, um, so I, I met him at Major Vale Station. Um, and first of all, he'd, he'd come in his car I did get into his car, which I, I have a bit of a complex about getting into people's cars, which I don't think is invalid. Yeah, it's no. not unreasonable. <laughs> um, so I got into his car and then we started kissing straight away. And this is the first time, the only time I've ever kissed a total stranger just because we met up for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So like even of dates, like online dates I've gone on, it's still been this whole thing of like, let's actually see if we're attracted to each other. Whereas this was like, we've met up to have sex. So we have to do this. And so I don't think I was attracted to him, but we just did it. And then he drove to his house. We went up the stairs and then we went on his bed and we undressed. And then he literally just started like licking in my anal crack. (laughs) And like, just like, just like licking all the way. It was just like, he just like sort of lifted me up. (laughs) Like lifted my bum off the bed and then was just like, oh, you can't see, but just like, <laughs> for, for those um, listening and not able to see what I've just seen, um, which is everybody in the world except me, um, what Jacinta just did was um, a very large, a, a bit like licking a, a child licking a giant ice cream, <laughs> yeah. just in one big go from from bottom to top. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was like, and he kept doing that, and it was it was this thing of feeling like this is something that I would not be comfortable with if any like intimate partner that I actually had any sort of relationship with did this but because I'm not comfortable with any of this and you're a stranger who I hope I never see again there was something about it where I was just like well just whatever and then also because I realized I so desperately didn't want to have penetrative sex with him that anything else he was doing was kind of good anyway then so he like licked me for a bit and then we tried to have penetrative sex but then he um he couldn't stay hard and I was like thank goodness <laughs> and then I was like oh yeah I should go home now and then had a shower, put on my pyjamas, drew a line under that experience. But I think that was, I guess, it was a really not great experience, but it was the first time I sort of didn't have, no, the opposite of inhibitions. Wait, inhibition? 
<laughs> I was uninhibited. Uninhibited, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I did have inhibition. It was the first time I felt less, like, less inhibited yes. about anal attention. Anal attention? Anal attention. I love that. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that experience. Wow, gosh. Mm. I mean, yeah, I've got a few stories about the one night stands where it's that, oh, we're not really attracted to each other, but we're yeah. going to do some things anyway. And possibly not to the extent where somebody's done that. Although, again, as I say, it's it's that whole thing about there being a slightly different... I mean, if I said, if you, if you changed anus to vagina mm-hmm. you probably that story wouldn't raise any eyebrows and you'd, you'd just be like well that's what people do you people go down on other people that's that's kind of st- yeah. more standard yeah um and again within the gay community community as we all know each other it's <laughs> not quite what i mean um yeah. in the gay world <laughs> gay universe gay multiverse <laughs> um anal sex again and rimming is is a bit less uh, unusual. Yeah. Although even then, um, I I think rimming is still a bit more taboo than fucking because mm-hmm. you're it's it comes down to that whole like disgust thing again that we were talking about before yeah. about it being poo related. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, yeah, and I guess like penis to poo feels more distant than mouth to poo. I think that's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, because also the penis, things come out of the penis rather than in your mouth. It's supposed to go in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And if it's the, if it's the other way around, then it's probably something's wrong. Oh, Ooh, that's oh my voice is going into, into your, your penis. penis. And yeah, out. that's um, that's <laughs> usually medical procedures and again certain things. Anyway. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You had another. You had another little micro story. I do. Yeah. Should I? So the next time. <laughs> I had any anal attention. Was, um, <laughs> I love that phrase. I know. Hashtag anal attention. Anal attention. It's, it's, it's actually a bit like anal retention, which is not. Oh, anal different. attention. <laughs> anal attention. Um, but I, um, yeah, so it was with my ex-boyfriend and we'd been together for co- like I don't know, a year and a half or something by that point. So we were quite, you know, in quite a good space together, quite trusting of each other. Mm. And he sent me a message during the day being like, I just bought some golden syrup and I want to lick it off you. And it was really exciting because it was like, I mean, we didn't really do that much sort of sexting. So, um, mm. and, and he'd never done any, like he'd never done anything like that before. So it was very exciting. So uh, we arranged like a dinner, I went around to his. Um, and then after dinner, I lay on the table and then he was like pouring, squeezing golden syrup over me and licking it off and it was really exciting. And then, um, and then I turned over onto my front and then he like squeezed it down my back and over my bum and then into my, to the crack. And, um, and then I was like, oh my God, he's going to lick in there. And it was like the, because I'd always been very clear that I didn't want to do mm. any kind of anal stuff. So it, I felt, I felt myself beginning to like tense up and be yeah. like, oh my God, no. But then, but then I remember feeling like, no, this actually feels so nice. This whole experience feels so nice. And actually why do I care so much? And actually, why don't I just let him do it? Because mm. he obviously doesn't have an issue with it. So why do I have an issue with it? So anyway, I didn't, um, so I, I let him and it felt really nice. And then he he was like, oh, you know, let me know if I go too far. And I was like, that's fine, that's fine actually. Um, but I mean, I still, I, I still would never ever have had anal sex with him or let him insert anything in my anus, I don't think. But the the actual getting to that point in an actual nice, trusting way, rather than some stranger in a, um, in a car, in a car <laughs> was um, was really nice, and and I think that was the, that was the first time I realised that it could be a really. I mean, obviously, I knew theoretically it was, but for myself, I knew it could be really like sexually intimate 
sensitive, nice area. Yeah. Yeah. So That's really nice. it was a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a few more things um, I wanted to touch on. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For anal sex. Um, first of all. Anal beads. They're really nice. I really like You've them. You've tried them? Yeah. Okay. I really like them. I've actually not tried them. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I think they just feel really lovely. This is the kind of like gradual build up, I suppose. Start mm. very small and get bigger. And the sort of like little pop. <laughs> <laughs> just feel really nice or when they go in or when they come out when they go in okay yeah. it's always, actually it's alright the feeling coming out but I always get a bit I always feel a bit tense with it coming out because yeah. I don't know what's going to come out <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. the going in feeling is really nice but um, but actually and this was something um, I think we've talked about before is kind of what as a cis woman the enjoyment I get from anal sex ah yeah so I don't have a prostate mm. and I think that about anal beads is because they go quite far up you can kind of feel it against the vaginal wall Mm. and um i was saying this when i when i had anal beads in and then had sex with my partner and penetrative sex with my partner he he can feel them yeah as well because it's like you know so thin and so i think it's something about it kind of first of all it's very sensitive area and then it it sort of increases the sensations um in my vagina as well So I think that's something that I like about them. Yeah. Gosh, it's very related to um, that whole idea of the prostate stimulation for for men. I'm not... I mean, we probably should get onto this at another time. (laughs) Running out... We're we're running out of time. We haven't got a timer going on the show so far. But we are certainly running out of time. We are running out of time. Whatever that is. On one occasion, I I, uh, was doubly, doubly penetrated... Um, so, um, I had two, um, two penises, uh, in my, uh, anus at one time. What? Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> Have I not said this before? No. Okay. Why is this not your um, first story? <laughs> um, well, cause you know, again, I don't want to give away the farm. I mean, you know. <laughs> some of this, some of these are jewels for the, for the book. Um, yeah. listeners who want to be readers, you know, you do. <laughs> winked by the way. So yes, so um, I'm and and you can obviously everyone can feel everyone else. So there's something quite lovely about that. Yeah. Um, although there are problems with it, and remind me to talk about that at another time uh, in more detail because yeah. um, there are some there are some things to do with that. And um, if you're if you will read my um, lovely sexual memoir at some point, folks, um, please do. It'll be on sale for <coughs> ninety nine. Um, when it comes out, um, well, more good bookshops. More <laughs> good bookshops and electronic salons. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, yes uh, but there were there were um, there are issues with it. Certainly, from from my point of view, there were issues as the person receiving everything. I can everything. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we'll leave that there, and um, hopefully, that's a little uh, enticement to to tune in again for an, on another occasion. Little unfinished stories. I yeah, think we've both left a few breadcrumbs. That yeah. We'll pick up <laughs> so I think we've reached the time in the episode when we what should should talk about the things that we have. Okay, just before we go on to that, real oh, yeah. quick, douching. Mm. Um, Gosh, yes. What are your thoughts, if any, on douching? Have you done it? Do you do it? Do you not do it? Gosh, this is another another worm can. I mean, gosh, <laughs> we could talk about 
we could talk. I could talk about anal sex for weeks. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> it's just just one letter to discuss this massive topic. It's. I think it's. It's recently featured on the show Sex Education, um, and that's yeah. one thing that comes to mind straight away. In terms of my thoughts on douching, I've had experiences again. I've again refer to my book, um, <laughs> but I've had it. I've had a couple of experiences where. Um, men have been very forceful about not wanting to do anything without me douching first. Mm-hmm. I've had experiences where they don't care, and and you know, some and one particular experience, and and uh, we're gonna have another poo story in this episode, but um, <laughs> another um, instance where um, on on pulling out um, quite a quite a reasonable uh, portion um, also came out and. And he was, thank goodness, completely fine with it. Mm-hmm. Because there are a reasonably high proportion of guys I think would not be fine, would not have been fine with it at all. Yeah. Um, and, it, and as it was, I felt very, very embarrassed and, and terrible and ashamed. Um, and this guy made it feel like nothing. So yeah. it helped me get over that problem quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I think in general, douching is a very difficult thing because if it's done badly it can be very damaging Mm -hmm. to the um, mucosal wall Mm -hmm. and a lot of people mistakenly believe that it's um, a way of avoiding getting STIs and Mm -hmm. that's a complete load of tripe. Apologies for people who are resident in countries where tripe is a genuine dish. Um, (laughs) To put it another way it's bullshit. Um, (laughs) I'm completely neutral on it. I I Mm -hmm. don't mind. I actually don't mind the feeling of doing it. Um, Okay. Um, if you do it properly, inv- you know, inverting yourself, using something that will give you a bit of water pressure, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of a- adjusting yourself to to get it a little bit further up inside you than you would otherwise have it, and then and then it- and then getting upright and ejecting it um, somewhere, um, preferably over a, 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 a porcelain uh, object, um, and then and carry on with your day. Um, <laughs> uh, but. Um, being very very careful that you're you're applying pressure to your internal mm-hmm. organs so you need to be um, very cautious with it and it's not a solution to everything all it's going to do is reduce the amount of poo yeah. that is in the region immediately mm-hmm. there um carrying on from that i've i've never done it and i again my my partner is very cool with some poo and i think that my immediate reaction to that is well so you should be if you are putting stuff in that area (laughs) if you want to do it you need to accept the fact that poo comes out there but obviously you know some people do like douching and some people you know very happy to douche for people so that's totally fine as well but i think yeah i think in in the storyline of sex education, I I think it's a great show, and I think it's you know um, exploring a lot of stuff and mm. unpacking a lot of stuff in a really good way. But I do remember thinking from that storyline that it seemed to be like, oh yeah, this is just what you do when you before you have anal sex, you douche. And I I think it's quite important to kind of to be like you don't have to. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not compulsory. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. Great. So, yeah, lovely. All right. So that is, in a nutshell, our episode, um, our episode on anal sex. All that remains is, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, for us to do some plugs. If you've enjoyed listening to us, then please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you didn't enjoy us, uh, you've just spent 40 minutes learning just where you can put that. You can follow us on Twitter at A to Z with men. That's A-T-O-Z with men. Or you can email us at a to z with men at gmail.com. That's a t o z with men at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
Uh, also, Raphael, you've got something to plug? Excuse me? Uh, I meant your book. Right. Um, yes, of course. Um, I've just finished the first draft, actually, so it's very much a work in progress. But please stay tuned for further announcements about my sexual memoirs uh, coming to a reputable retailer near you at some point. Until next time. Goodbye and thanks for listening. since starting um, burlesque obviously you wear tassels or pasties yeah and so you order the size that fits right and sometimes you see people with like tiny <laughs> tiny pasties <laughs> and I'm like what why can I not see a red like, really small <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like how is that cover and, and I think that was the first time that I became aware because obviously <laughs> Are my areolas fat in this? Like a possible kind of conversation (laughs) that could happen on the burlesque scene. Honestly, oh my god, exactly. That's excellent. It felt incredible. He also pulled my hair very skillfully. Fuck off. (laughs) My friend's going to do that too. Exactly, silent. Once got so drunk with the guy that when we were. Oh, fuck. I once got so drunk with a guy that when we finally decided to go have sex, we started doing stuff. What? I have to rewrite this. Sorry, start again. (laughs) Stop.